Hey guys, Aaron Maurer here, and today I'm joined with Mr. Scarborough and Mr. Halsey. How you boys doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> um, so we were talking about the podcast, right? Yeah, and um, like you were saying how it's important to be able to like hold a conversation with people, otherwise they won't like you. Yeah. Um, so you know how I worked with Mr. Gonzalez over the summer, right? For the yeah. past like three years. So he was looking to hire a new guy um, because his other partner like left and like went to work for Lamar or some other bigger high school. Um, so I was actually, during the summer when I worked with him, he was going through like interviews with people. Um, and after each interview, I'd be like, yo, so is that guy good? And then he'd be like, uh, like, I don't know, he just, couldn't really hold the conversation that well like he seems like he's super qualified but like you need like you need to want to work with the person you know it's it's more than just being qualified for a job it's like you're working with this person five days out of the week you got to get along mm -hmm. and I think a big qualification or a big factor to seeing if you guys are compatible and getting along is if you guys can hold a conversation with one another. Um, because I feel like, I'm sure it's easier to hold a conversation with someone who is more in, like yourself, you know? Yeah. If you guys are totally different, I'm sure it's harder to make conversation um, compared to those who are like um, more alike, you know? Yeah, I think like some people have like just less interest in small talk as opposed to others though. Like I think, especially for me it's easier to have a meaningful interesting conversation with someone if I know them well yeah as opposed to like I and I don't really have much interest in just like talking about random stuff pointlessly mm. um, and I think that's actually kind of gone against me in job interviews I've done because like I'm sure once I get to know you like we'll be able yeah, to have yeah, great yeah. conversations but sense. I don't I don't I can't just come up with stuff to talk about right now would so. you say you're shy I think so Adam, do you think you're shy? Uh, I'd say reserved. Reserved. Yeah, that's a better word. Reserved. reserved. Less. Uh, yeah. Like I don't think there's there's any confidence issues in not talking to people. It's just like I, I don't really want to most of the time. You know. Yeah, I think it depends on like why you don't want to talk to people. Yeah. If you're scared of talking to people, I'd consider that like shyness and yeah. probably like a. I don't want to say a flaw, but it kind of is. But if you yeah. just So I think it, it comes down to introversion versus extroversion. Like there's like people's brains just work in different ways. There's people who are energized and feel stimulated by spending time alone. And there's people who are stimulated by spending time with other people and interacting with them. And so if you're naturally an introvert, then it's like you don't really see the point as much in like forcing yourself to meet people and talk to them because you gain like enough stimulation on your own. So would you say you're an introvert? Yeah. Adam? Yeah. What about you? Uh, I don't know. I think, I think I'm an extrovert. Um, but I, I don't think it's like that all the time, you know? I, I think... Yeah, I think it's... It's like on a spectrum, for sure. Yeah. Like, you can... Uh, so, there, there, I mean, there's, there's tests you can do that, like, will, sh will show you, like, kind of where you fall and, like, 
if you do so the reason why i know about this stuff is because my my brother-in-law is really interested in like personality stuff and being a life coach and that kind of thing um and so he's like had me take these personality tests and you take them at like different intervals throughout time to see like how you evolve and like i've been pretty consistently like 70 30 to 80 20 introvert extrovert mm. on the tests mm. yeah that makes sense yeah. i'm probably like 65 35 honestly extrovert still pretty solid yeah yeah say like maybe 75 80 percent introvert to be honest i mean i just whenever i'm around new people i don't i don't like that mm-hmm. awkward silence so if there is like a silence or like nothing's going on i'm gonna like make the effort to like fill that gap yeah. and sometimes if Plus it, you're like pretty flamboyant and yeah like showy and stuff yeah so. so like sometimes like i was hanging out with arvin and seha um and liz the other day not it was like a couple <coughs> weeks ago it was at the beginning of the break but right. you know you know arvin and seha how quiet they are I, I feel like I just kind of took over the whole conversation. Was he even talking to you? No. No. Mm. I was like, I felt like I was the only one talking, and I felt, I don't know, maybe I kind of cut, I don't know, maybe I was too dominant, I don't know. Dude, but you, you have to realize that from Arvin's point of view, or I, I can't really speak for him, but if that were me in that situation, I don't mind that because like, I would rather it be that way. Mm. Like when I'm with, when I'm with my brother-in-law, he always says, like, I feel like I'm, I'm doing, like, 70 to 80% of the talking. And it's like, I, I like listening to people talk, you know, rather than talking myself. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. But a lot of people interpret interpret that as a bad thing. Like, like talking too much? Well, no, no, no. Like, when you don't talk enough. Like, when you just you know, oh. enjoy hearing what yeah. people have to say and, you know, how their day's going or whatever. And you don't really say as much as they do makes them insecure or not insecure but it kind of throws them off makes them feel like makes them think you're cold yeah i think i mean there's a lot you can learn from having conversations with people especially if they're older and wiser um and there's also it's also a skill to adequately articulate the questions you ask Mm -hmm. and the way you ask them um, so that you elicit like a good response from whoever you're talking to yeah um, you gotta find like that gold mine with what they like to talk about yeah. yeah and I think that's a skill that I'm trying to um, equip myself with so that's another reason why I'm doing this podcast um, is to just better articulate and to better converse with people in a way where you can get the most out of the conversation. Because some conversations can either just go in a circle or kind of just like start somewhere, but like end up somewhere you weren't expecting at all, which is fine. But if you're trying to like figure something out, you know, if you have a goal to a conversation, you're trying to learn something, you're trying to get to the bottom of something and you aren't able to like stay on task and like command the, um, conversation to where you are figuring out the problem at hand um, 
then you're kind of missing the point of the conversation. Yeah, I mean, like, but I'd say there's a difference between, like, what we do in a podcast. Like, we're not trying to, like, force out, you're not trying to, like, force out stuff in this conversation or, like, try to force us to solve a problem. And I feel like... Well, not right now, but, like, if the, if, if, in a situation, if I was, like, just trying to talk to someone with a different set of beliefs and morals, you know, and I'm trying to figure out, like, where my flaws were, but if we aren't able to have a, a good conversation, then both of us won't gain anything from that conversation, you know, if we're not able to articulate what we're trying to say to each other and it's just like okay we're not getting anywhere it's a waste of time even if you're like i really want you to understand my side and the other person's like i really want you to understand my side and i'm sure there's a lot to gain from understanding things from another person's point of view you know i think that's one thing that rogan does better than anybody else oh, is sure. just getting people to talk like asking people the right questions to get them to talk about the stuff they want to talk about yeah. I think it's also important, especially in college, because, like, for you guys, your freshmen, you're, like, you, there's plenty, there's people there, a bunch of people there who are older than you, who are, like, you, two, two years in the future, three years in the future, so it's, like, important to be able to talk to those people and, like, feel comfortable asking them for advice. Yeah. And, like, just on, like, st- about stuff they learn. Like, last, last semester, I, there was this guy who was a senior that I really looked up to, and I was like, hey, man, like, just let me take you out for coffee and, like, just talk to you about stuff so you can help me out. So, what do you gain with that kind of thing? Well, what did you gain from that interaction? Um, do you remember? Yeah, so, a little bit of background on this guy. So, he's, um, he's a petroleum engineer, um, but that's what his degree is. Right now, he works as a commodities trader which means he like buys and sells oil and gas for British Petroleum and tries to make, make a profit for them. Um, but yeah, so I got to know this guy because we were in, a, in an org together and we also did a project outside of school together. Um, and he's the kind of guy that he, like he spends all his time like either working on something or learning. Like he told me that he spends two hours of every day um, just like thinking about like different stuff that's going on in the world and like like what he thinks should be like people's approach to it. Like one thing that he's really interested in, he told me, is um, like what's going on in Venezuela. I'm not I'm not super educated on the situation, but basically there's like a corrupt government and like an an economy that relies that relied far too heavily on oil, and so they got themselves into a giant mess. Yeah, I heard so, about that. And so he's he's he worked for like a geopolitical consulting firm, and he, like his one of his projects was like for companies wanting to do business in Venezuela, like like what do they need to know? How do they need to, they need to go about it? Um, and through like working on that, he just became interested in like okay, how do we actually solve what's going on with the situation in Venezuela from an economic perspective? Um, and he did this. He did some of the same stuff with student loans. Like if you like, we have this ballooning student loan debt in the United States that everybody knows is never going to get paid off. And so the debt, like, there's all this, there's, there's this problem with, like, people in debt and also people who are holding debt who know the debt isn't worth anything. Um, and, like, basically, w- what can we do to try to solve this problem? Um, and so, like, just, like, listening to him talk about these things made me really interested in, like, trying to structure my life in some of the same ways as he has. Because it's like, okay, you have, like, just try to learn everything you can and then 
try to think creatively about things. Mm. So that was like that was a big thing I got out of him, and he also, you know, I was also kind of at a point where I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and he like he was a person whose advice and counsel I trusted, so I just kind of asked him, and he talked to me about stuff I was interested in, um, and like gave me some suggestions, and that was that was helpful as well. mentors or would you sure. consider him a mentor i guess i don't know what would you think of like just a friend who's like he knowledgeable was a friend, friend who was knowledgeable like he was he was i guess i guess he was kind of a mentor because it never i never approached him as if we were on the level playing field you know like he was always a little yeah. bit above me like when we did um on the project we did together he was kind of leading the team and mm-hmm. i was on the team and then like i like in like i asked him Yeah, talking about equals, that's another thing. Like, college is, like, a weird stage, you know? I had a, like, off the top of my head, like, my English professor, um, I've just always been used to saying, you know, like, Mrs., Mr., Professor, Doctor. And she was like, yeah, just just call me Aaron because your name is Aaron. Just, Just call me Aaron. I'm like... I don't feel comfortable yeah. calling you that, you know? Um, so, and, like, um, another thing that pops in my head is I was just with the Houston Dynamo on Tuesday. And so I went on Tuesday, and these um, three other people started on the day before on Monday. So um, they were going through, like, some onboarding sessions, so I got to get in on that. And I, so, like, I've, I was so I hung out with them like the whole time and we were going through all these training sessions together and like just being in that environment with like I don't know the age range was probably from like 25 to 40 to 50 year olds um and they all everyone treated me no differently than like everyone else like they didn't treat me any differently than their co-workers which was like I don't know I wasn't expecting that you know I'm like, and they were like, I don't know, I feel like I should all call them by like Mr. or Mrs. or some like term of like respect because like, I don't know, I just, and it was weird to see that like we were all kind of equals. Yeah, the other thing is, the other thing that's weird is like adults that you've known for a while, um, that like you, like when you were younger, you called them like Mr. or Mrs. But now it's getting to the point where it's like, like I don't want to, I don't want to call you Mrs. Like. Yeah, yeah, like she like she texts me from time to time and it's like like i i naturally want to call you mrs burke but like i'm an adult now like i should like I should do you call feel you like an adult kind of yeah but kind I'm, of i'm like but not really like i definitely i definitely don't feel like a kid anymore mm. um and i like i feel like i'm closer to the adult side of things than the kid side of things but when do know. you think that change we're tipping more towards the adult side um Adam, do you feel like an adult? Um, not really. I don't feel like an adult. I think oh, a big a big step for me was living alone in an apartment. Alone. Not a dorm. Like I have a roommate, but like getting your own apartment. Okay. Um, yeah. Not living in a dorm anymore. That was a big step. 
and I don't know, like, at a certain point, like, you just, you just gradually assume more and more independence in your own life, and, like, more and more control over things, and at a certain point, I, I looked around, and I was like, like, I feel, like, I, I don't feel, I feel totally different from when I was in high school mm-hmm. at this point, but it was definitely, like, further along than you guys are now. At UT, and I'll ask this about ASU too, Adam, do you, do you, would you say there's a hierarchy between um, freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors? Um, like in high school? I think less so. But do you think that hierarchy is still there? Honestly, like not really. It not noticeably at least. Like like you know who's a freshman and who's a senior kind of like by looking at them kind of. And like obviously people in like the UT meme page will make jokes about freshmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of course. But it's it's more so like based on competence rather than age. You know, like if, if you see someone who's smart, it's like, okay, look, this yeah. person is smart. It doesn't matter if they're a freshman or not. Um, How's that at ASU, Adam? Um, would you say there's a hierarchy? I would say that it sort of depends on the person. Like, I know I'm kind of speaking from my experience in mock trial, but like there's this, the, there's this girl that's like the vice president. She's like uh, a junior, but she's only like 19, right? Okay. But yeah. she still calls like freshman kid. Like she'll be like, "Hey kid, what's up?" When and she's like, only like a year older. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> "What did you just say?" <laughs> and like, I w- I guess it's like more. T- I don't know if this is me reaching a little bit, but you can subtly feel like sophomores kind of at least in the mock trial setting, but to speak, like, about the whole student population, I'd say, like, my experience has been that there's no hierarchy. Yeah, I would agree. Clubs and organizations. It, it is weird for me, like, looking, especially when this most recent crop of freshmen came, so your year. Yeah. It was, we- was kind of weird for me because I saw these people walking around, and it was the first time I, like, felt noticeably older mm. than people at UT. Like, there's, because I think there's definitely like a different first of all they just look younger and there's also like a definite a definite maturity gap between people who are juniors and people who are freshmen in college because i think like some somewhere in between there like you like there's just like you're on a slope towards adulthood Mm -hmm. and so you're just much further down the slope when you're a freshman as opposed to a junior Mm, yeah so one of my good friends she's she's 21 and going into college i would have never expected me to be friends with someone who's three years older than me. She's a junior. Um, but yeah, but like she, she's, I mean, I just view her as just like my friend as like, just like if, like as I would, as I would view like just another 18 year old freshman, you know, it's just, I don't know, it took me a while to get over the fact that like I always like saw her as like, like higher up than me, you know, as you said, because like, she's older and everything but like after a while of just like hanging out um i just started to see her more as my equal which is like when i think of it it's so weird like i don't know in high school it's really hierarchical you know yeah you know just one year is like a big difference you know yeah and um yeah so that's that was something going into college that i wasn't expecting and like i remember um I went to her birthday party. It was just like a little birthday dinner at some restaurant and like all her friends are obviously like around her age, 21, 20, 22. And I'm like, these are like 
I look around, I'm like, these are like adults. <laughs> like, these are like, I'm, I feel like I'm just a kid, but like, these are adults and I'm like hanging out with them like as an equal. Like, this is weird. Like, I'm still, try- I'm still trying to process that, like, honestly. Have you had any of those experiences, Adam? I mean, like, like it's, it's, I'd say it depends. Like, I think sometimes this might sound like a little effed up, but like height can height? like give you more of an appearance of being older. Like, there was one, there was one kid on my brother's AAU team. Right, he's only like thirteen, fourteen, mm-hmm. and so he's spending the night because he and my brother have a tournament the next day right yeah we all go out to dinner my family and him uh-huh. and i'm just like hey what's up like he was 18 <laughs> he's like this like 13 year old 14 grown year old. ass 13 year old and i'm just like oh my god you do not like i assume that you were my age like what the hell uh yeah that's true but um what's your question like do, do I you have have you had any experiences, any experiences like that where, like you just look around and like these are like full-grown people and, and it's i'm just like, like i'm still a kid yeah um honestly not at college i'd say like i'd say the maturity level is a lot lower than i'd expect it to be like in terms of who's the senior who are the seniors the juniors and shit like it's not you know it's not like they're totally different right it's not like i'm you know immature and a child yeah they're like you know the serious old people yeah i think uh one thing that really has started to hit me is like you when you're when you're away at college you come back on these breaks like back to houston periodically like oh like thanksgiving christmas spring break and summer every year like basically it's when when you come back yeah and like around Oh, do you want to go back to college? Yeah. And I think, like, that Adam, do you want to go back to college? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, shit, I need to go back. Like, I'm so bored. But, like, I definitely feel like what Alex said, like, Houston and my former school has a lot less to offer. And it will have a lot less to offer more and more. But you were saying something? Yeah, um. Yeah, the big thing for me was just realizing, like, I mean, this is still my home, but, like, am I ever going to live here again, you know? I mean, maybe down the road after I graduate, maybe I'll come back and live at home, but, like, but, like, maybe not. Like, I may never live here again long term, you know? Yeah. Which is, like, weird to think about since that's all I've known, you know? I think it's good, though. Like, it's good to... Yeah. 
Well, you definitely learn a lot. Gotta be like Jiraiya in life. I think, like, I definitely <laughs> felt. I definitely felt that way. Like my my freshman year, I was still very attached to Houston. Yeah. And like I like I wanted to come back here. I missed it. Like I missed being with my family. I missed being with my friends. Um, and I think, like, part of what causes that to change is just as you develop your own life and your own self like elsewhere you know like once you have once you like start once you have a place and like a life in a different city it's just not that appealing going back to like what you had when you were a kid yeah so i would i would this past semester i would do weekend trips weekend trips every now and then i would go to boston i would go to newport rhode island new york city bc whatever 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 I did for like a good month, honestly. For a good month, for every week, I'd, I'd be out of town every weekend. My point is, I would get back to the dorms and I'd like tell my mom, like, I, I'm home. Like, I'm so calling my dorm my home now, which is like, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Like, I'm home, but like, it's not really my home home, but I guess it is my home. I don't know, it's just weird to wrap your head around if you think about it sometimes. I think it's different <clears throat> when you're like a drive away from home and when you fly because I feel like I don't know a lot of people that go to UH or AM or even like UT Baylor. sometimes yeah it's not as drastic yeah you know, I was talking to Matthew and it's off of the he's like yeah I'd go home like probably like five times in the semester I'm like what I went home once yeah and that was for yeah. Thanksgiving do you, do you guys wish that you were like somewhere closer to where you could go home more often, or do you like the fact that you're like off in your own part of the country? So, personally, I feel like I would have chosen AM um, just because like the cost would be lower, and like it's I'm pretty sure it's a better academic institution than the one I'm at now, and it has like the mock trial team that I would have wanted to join and all that stuff and it's better in engineering which I'm going into now but to like in, in terms of like close the c- closer to home aspect I would say I would say yeah because it, it's I'd say it's a lot easier to maintain friendships when you're kind of closer to home and you have like access to a car you know yeah. you don't have to when when you're on break or holiday you don't have to go home spend time with your family while you can't be hanging out with the friends that you just made Mm -hmm. right and I'd say that's if I were to reconsider my choice of school I think that would be a big uh, factor do you feel like you're living a double life (laughs) (laughs) a double life like your college life and your Houston life I think that's everyone though do you feel like like you're living yeah My, my lives are completely different do you think like Ravi? Like, do I act different or do no, I? No, have no, no, not even. No, you just, you just like. Feel like I'm. Feel like a totally different person. You may not yeah. act different. I don't act differently in Connecticut, I but like I feel like I have a totally different, a separate life there mm-hmm. than I have in Houston. Do you feel the same way that you have a yeah, separate life? I mean, totally. I'd say here. I mean, I feel like I'm very social. Like I hang out with people a lot. Now, do you think, like, Ravi and Kian who go to U of H, mm-hmm. do you think they feel like they have a separate life at college? 
or more or I less feel like the same, they which feel is like different. It's a lot more connected to their life past. and yeah, their past life than I would consider in my life. I think there's like there's definitely a downside to that though. Like I so even at UT, like it there were a, a lot of my friends went to UT and I was able to visit my family more often than you guys have been able to. Um, but I think the downside to that is that. I didn't feel like I ever got a fresh start going to college. That's true. And I oh, I felt like I got a completely fresh yeah, start, I mean, I which was, I liked. Yeah. I did like, honestly. Um, like, I, Same. like, my, so, like, my, my roommate is a guy I went to high school with. Yeah, Chase. Yeah, Chase. Um, and, like, I mean, he's a great roommate. And, yeah. And, like, we're, we're good friends, and that's nice and all, but, like, we lived, we, we lived together freshman year, and I think because of that, neither of us, like, really branched out as much as we should have because we were all we were both like oh like we, like we have a good friend i have a good friend that i'm living with like we have these other these other people chase had his girlfriend i have my girlfriend like it was all good yeah um but then i i decided that i didn't like that and so like i had to make a conscious effort my second year to like really branch out like try to meet new people mm. like set up a new life for myself and i think that required more effort at ut than it would have just going somewhere completely new for sure yeah like, we were kind of forced to do that. Yeah. And that's something I see a lot at ASU. Like, there's a lot of people that just hang out with their same high school friends, like, all the time. And they're still doing the same same shit. Which isn't, like, a bad thing, necessarily. Yeah. But I feel like they might be missing out on, a, like, a potentially new experience. Like, a really strong personal growth. Have you guys found it difficult to, like, meet people? So this is what I always say to whenever I'm asked about this. My trouble is not making friends, it's making the right friends. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that, like, I think there's, there's plenty of people I've introduced myself to at UT and exchanged numbers with, but I don't think, like, like out of the like, many, many people I've met at UT, it's like, like maybe five or six of them are like people I would consider, consider good friends. Mm-hmm. And that's like through my junior year, so yeah. it's definitely like yeah. it's definitely difficult to yeah. like like find find someone that you can actually like establish a long term connection with. For sure, that's like hard. Yeah, because I mean, I'd say in order to develop like a real strong friendship, like you have to see each other for a certain amount of time each week, or it's just not gonna. Like I I've met plenty of guys in my classes that are real cool guys, but I'll never probably develop a strong friendship with them just because there's only one class and we'll like probably never talk again just because we're not forced to talk again yeah i think i think part of it too is sharing experiences with people like i think part of the reason why people who come out of st thomas like stay friends forever is because like we experienced so many things together right like even with you guys, like we went on so many band trips together. Like yeah. we have so many, like memories of like things that have happened that are out of the ordinary, that like it's we true. can relate to each other over. That it's like it's it's, you, it's hard to recreate that with someone you like just meet in a class in college. You know, you have to have a much stronger personal connection with them to make that friendship. Like one of the things that um, like some of my friends say, and like I agree with them, is that like if we if we met each other now in college, like we we probably wouldn't become like the good friends that we are. Yeah, that's what I. That's, because like, yeah. p- like p- a big part of our friendship is just the things that we've already experienced together as we grew up. 
no that definitely got me thinking because it's like all right like i have so many like we graduated in a class of 48 and like nearly all of them i would consider like good friends but i go to college and i can't find like good friends out of like vastly more people out of like 30,000 kids i can't find like a like a good number of good friends but out of 48 i can find like a crap ton of good friends like all right is it is it me just like is that i thought about it so then the questions i asked myself was did i force myself to like these people or was i always inclined to like these people you know what i'm saying like whenever you meet someone like you have that first impression and you can kind of figure out like all right we could be good friends eventually the first time you met a lot of these people was when you were like eight years old i know yeah that's what i'm saying like so is is it just because i grew to like him or were we just compatible like the whole time i think i think the fact that you grew up in the same environment like you kind of develop the same norms of like what's acceptable to do to each other like Mm. it sounds kind of messed up but you know what i mean yeah like like how you develop yeah (laughs) (laughs) develop like a certain almost code of like what's cool to talk about what's not and that kind of shapes the environment that you're in and kind of makes the relationships work because you all work under that system which was kind of created yeah organically So that's why Celia um, has such like a solid friend group is because like when you go through like boot camp yeah. and like military stuff together, training and like hardships like that all together. I mean, as you said, like shared experiences. I think that's the point of it, though. Like they want, oh, yeah, they, they want likely, people yeah. in the military to like have a strong bond with each other. Yeah. So I think sense. that's why they like put them through all that stuff together. Yeah, so like and also like they need to build up their mental and physical toughness. Yeah, yeah. She she likes to say like they break you down to like build you back up. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that was a big thing that she said. Um, just going through like boot camp with, like, the people that she's with has just like, made her friendships like way better. So let me ask you guys this: now that we're like talking about the military. Like, if we, like, let's say we end up at war with someone, <laughs> uh-huh. like, they reinstitute the draft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- like, what are your initial impressions about that? About that? Like, how, wh- what would you feel? Um, First of all, do you th- even, okay, if we did go to war, do you think we would even need the draft? No, I don't think we would. Okay, okay. But I didn't, I don't but, think but, so either. But the, but the thing is that, like, this thing is, like, like, that has happened to people our age throughout history, right? Yeah. Like, it happened mm-hmm. in World War Two happened in Vietnam, yeah, 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 like, yeah. people, people like us were just, like, picked up and said, like, you're off to war now, Yeah, you know, it's something I've, it's something I've been thinking about recently, really? yeah, <clears throat> um, what was, okay, what was your question, how would so, we feel, yeah, like, how would you, how, like, how would you feel about that, like, what do you, what do you think would be going through your mind, I think, me personally, I'd be curious, it, just because I don't really know, like, where I'm going right now with my career, or my education, to be honest, I feel like having those however many years of experience, hopefully not uh, being dead after it, but like having those experiences would help me figure out what I wanted to do and give me skills to do 
that. But on the flip side, I could see someone who's like committed to being a doctor or a lawyer or a computer scientist or whatever that gets drafted and they're like, oh, like, this wow, is you just took my life away. Yeah, this is completely derailing my life. Like, I have people that I'm leaving behind and a path that I already had. So that's interesting. So your so your your take on it is like, it's not necessarily like the going to war that bothers you. It's like the like getting removed from like the path you've like tried to set yourself up on. Um, I mean that. I would say yeah, that's kind of the thing I focus on. Just because I don't necessarily like I haven't. You don't have a set. Path. I don't have ex. Well, no, I don't have experience with So really, I can only speak to, like, how how much it would suck to leave your current life. I can't really talk about, like, how yeah. crappy it must uh, be when true. you there. My initial response to if I got drafted, I would be, at first, I'd be like, oh, like, okay. Like, I've always respected, like, people in the military. Like, they seem like pretty cool people, like. I feel like you earn a lot of respect by just saying, like, yeah, I'm in the military, you know? A lot of clout, a lot of, <laughs> you know? I'm like, ah! Everyone wants to get drafted for the clout. <laughs> I'm like, all right, like, I'm sure the girl, I'm sure the ladies will, like, like it to see me in, like, some camo uniform, you know? Well, everyone will be drafted. Then there's no clout. It's just, like... But it's still, I like... you still get some clout. Yeah, you still, you still gotta clout, get some clout. The, the value of the clout is inflated. Okay, but you still get some, like, and just like okay, another thing like Celia has like a military ID, right? Because she's in the military. We like, oh, I want a military ID, you know? Like, give me a military ID. It's just like it's kind of like a power hungry kind of thing. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's just like my initial response would be like, I like, since I didn't have like the courage to like enlist on my own, I'm just being forced. Oh, like I, I guess I'm going to the army now. I'm, I'm forced to. Oh, too bad, so but, like, I kind of want to do it, you know? You said that was your initial response, what would be, like... And then I'd probably, and then I'd probably have to wake up at, like, 4 a.m. or something to get on the bus to go to wherever base I'm going to and be like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> um, what about you, Ash? Um, I don't know. Uh, so I would consider myself a pretty anti-war person, mm-hmm. um, like, like, from the start. And so the reason the reason why I asked is because like I like I've been interested in World War One and World War Two recently, mm-hmm. um, and so I like I listened or I'm in the process I'm like 15 hours into a, a 20 hour podcast about World War One, um, and like I've got I just read a book by Kurt Vonnegut about his experiences in World War Two, but it's also like kind of fantastical. Yeah. Um, Slaughterhouse Five. What is it about? It's about the firebombing of Dresden, the city in Germany. Um, but yeah, so like I think my initial reaction would be like something a lot like like despair basically, because mm-hmm. I think like sending people like us to war is like brutal and unnecessary. So like I I think my reaction would definitely be much more negative than both of yours. What would it be? like sad or like I think, angry i think sad and and frustrated 
because like I definitely feel what what Adam feels about like getting my life taken away from me uh-huh. um, but but I think like the, the thing that makes me sad more more so than that is the fact that it's happening to like millions of people mm. right like everyone everyone with like between the ages of like 19 and 25 or like whatever the cutoff is it happens to all of us and it it's it's brutal on all of us and it's brutal on all of our families and like what like what even is the purpose what is what even is the goal you know Mm -hmm. so that's why as you can tell i'm a pretty anti-war person do you think i mean you but do you see the necessity for war in certain cases yeah i do um but i think Yeah, I, like I see the necessity for like I'm not saying like World 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 War Two shouldn't have happened because it like it kind of needed to, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it doesn't like I think like we as like an entire culture should have a greater recognition for like just how horrible it is, because um, then yeah. we, like, we'll be able to take things like take these things much more seriously, you know? Yeah. So do you think we don't take it as seriously as no, we should? I don't think we do. It's, it's actually something I feel pretty strongly about. Um, like, I think... I think people should be... Like, people... Like, when people learn about wars, they learn about, like, oh, like, there was this battle. Oh, there's a bad guy. Yeah, and like... Take down the bad yeah, guy. Yeah, like, there, there was such and such battle and, like, such and such general against other general. And, like, this many thousand people died on this side and, like, this many thousand people died on this side. And, like, one side won, whatever. Um, but, like, when you sit and think about it, like, first of all however many people were involved in that battle it's like 200 300,000 people like i don't even know like and all of them like every single one of them is like an individual person with like an individual life and like a world around them um i know what you're talking about and it's like it's it's pretty sad that like so many people have to go through that yeah um so i kind of have the same it, it it's not exactly the same but it it's on the same topic um sometimes i'll just be thinking i was just like I don't know how many. Do you guys know how many people live in Houston? I don't know, six million or something like Five that. Million. Five million. Okay, think about how complex your life is just on your yeah, own. Yeah, exactly. And like, times that by just five million. That's just Houston. Like, isn't that crazy? How complex this dang world is. Yeah. And Adam, uh, Adam and I, we have this terrible joke. Um, whenever we play video games. Um. <laughs> 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 it's just like Call of Duty. Uh, whenever you just right. like, whenever we just kill i don't know I'll, I'll kill adam okay. in like a video game just in a video game just for fun i'll kill adam and like i don't know aj be like oh you just you just kill the father you just i mean it's we say it jokingly but it's true yeah like you just killed like a father or like an uncle or like something like that um <clears throat> a husband a husband yeah, you know like that like imagine your life how complex that life is and how many connections and how many relationships that one person has and then it's just like gone so have you got so speak like on the topic of video games like have you i'm guessing you guys like both have played a lot of war games yeah, yeah. so have you like have you ever thought about like like the ethical Im- implications of that like do you think it's like have you ever wondered like is it okay to be like playing these games that like celebrate this thing um i think when i was younger actually I think I did for like maybe five minutes just because it was just like 
something I wasn't allowed to play, like, probably till high school, because, like, my mom didn't approve of it, my parents didn't approve of it, um, and then when I first started playing them, I was like, should I be playing this? But it was not even, it wasn't, like, m- me, like, a- asking the ethical question of, like, war, and, like, I guess promoting it in a way, it was more just, like, why did my parents not let me, like, play it when I was younger, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't think I deeply question that more than like five minutes so like the reason why i ask is because that that kind of contributes to like the like what i was saying about how we don't we don't take it seriously yeah right like i think like i'm not i mean you can you can see it on like social media and all the like just oh man i'm going world war three like catch catch me in iran like (laughs) looking like this yeah like so like i'm not trying i'm not trying to judge like anyone who like plays war video games yeah yeah but but i'm saying like I think that's like the fact that those are as prevalent as they are and no one even thinks about them like kind of like is evidence for my point that like nobody like really thinks about this stuff and takes it as seriously as they should Mm -hmm. well i can kind of see it from i don't know from people our age not taking it as seriously as it probably should be but do you think like people like in our like government like government officials and like people like in power over the military and such you think they take it seriously Um, enough as they should i think they take it seriously as like a strategic endeavor like they understand they understand like how important it is like how important the decision like to go to war or to not go to war is like for the nation as a whole and for like our standing in the world but i think that like i wish that people understood more when they like make these make the decisions that they make that like a nation is comprised of individuals mm-hmm. um and like even if like someone someone was talking to me about how like war is really good like can be really good for a country's economy like that's what happened in world war Two, and it's like yeah like like okay it can be good for the the health of our nation's economy as a whole but think about like the millions of individuals whose lives you've like permanently altered like through doing that yeah like, is, is that trade-off worth it and i think the same thing happens like I, I i think people who are like at high levels making those decisions don't consider enough of like that aspect of it is what i would say well i think is that is that what is it utilitarianism where it's like i don't, I don't it's not utilitarianism. utilitarianism is like doing the most good for the most people so i think like maybe maybe what I'm trying what I'm saying is that like people like the government's approach to war is too utilitarian, like they're saying, like it's good it's good for like the nation like these 300 million people mm-hmm. like their economy is gonna get better, like their standard of living is gonna get better, but within that like there's a certain there's a certain subset of individuals yeah. whose lives you've just like made drastically worse yeah. while like slightly elevating everybody else's like mm-hmm. is that is that like that trade off's not worth it to me I don't think. What do you think, Adam? Uh, I I would agree with that. I mean, I can't really speak to how people how people at those high levels make decisions, but I I assume that's pretty much what Alex was saying. Um, <coughs> but yeah, I, I'd say that um, the war is that's a pretty good stance to be on. Yeah, war is bad. <laughs> <laughs> war is bad i mean that's a i don't think many people would dispute that yeah but i think like 
I think not many people think about that. Yes, I agree. That's, with that. that was the point I was trying to make. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think yeah, I don't think many people understand what it really means. Yeah, um, I would I would recommend like really recommend you guys like check out so this this podcast is like twenty hours long, so like <laughs> I, like don't, yeah, don't listen to the whole maybe thing. Maybe one hour a day, you know. Unless you actually want to. Yeah. But at least like listen to the first half hour of it. What is it called? It's called um it's I think it's called Blueprint for Armageddon. It's by this guy called uh, Dan Carlin. His podcast is called Hardcore History. Mm. Um, and it's just like he goes really in depth into the human aspect of like all the soldiers who are on the ground fighting the war, like in the trenches. What and like he has a bunch of letters that they've written, like letters their families ri- have written, like stuff that was going through the generals' heads. And so it's like really interesting to gain that perspective on it. That's what yeah. like, got me thinking about this in the first place a couple months ago. What do you mean? Like, what, just the whole aspect of, like, we're not taking war seriously, or just, like, how individualistic it actually is? Both of those things. So it started with the, like, the individual brutality of it, because, I, I mean, I, like, I basically, I pictured myself as one of those people. Yeah. Right? Because it's, like, it's, it's, just, it's literally people like you and me mm-hmm. yeah, that, are, that sure. are in there. It's like, well, like, what would... Like, I can't really imagine, I can't really understand what it was like for them or, like, what it would be like for any other individual because, like, you can only experience the world through your own eyes. But it's like, well, like, let me place myself in that situation and see how I would feel. Yeah. And then, like, that really shaped my belief about it. Yeah. Did you, did you both read um, All Quiet on the Western Front? Yes. Yeah, I read that book, yeah. That was a good book. That's another one that, like... That was intense. That's, like, so that's, that's, that, that book, I think one of the big points of that book is, like, the same thing yeah, that it I was is, talking I, about. Yeah, I think it's so, like, too, yeah. Like, you have, you have these, like, people at a high level, like, making these strategic decisions yeah, without understanding, like, the human cost of those decisions. And, like, there's a part of the book, like, oh, he's a, he's a postman, but, like, right now he's, like, yelling at these, like, cadets, like, yeah. like, big man, like, like, he's all tough in the military, but he's really just a postman. <laughs> um... So yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. I don't think people do think about that as much as they should. I guess pertaining to war, but I think we've come to a point um, where we just don't even think that war is going to happen. At least for me. Yeah, like I think it's because like all of us, we like we never experienced. Yeah, never experienced that's true. It. I mean, I think I think that's like one of the big problems with our generation. Actually, is that like nothing bad has ever happened to us. That's true. So, like, we don't... Like, like we I don't, was just born when 9-11 happened. Yeah. I didn't experience it. Yeah, so, like, I mean, it's a good thing that nothing bad has happened yeah. to us, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But it also means, like, we're a bunch of spoiled pricks. We're naive. Yeah. I mean, I'd say with the exception <coughs> of Harvey, like, I'd say he's yeah. exceptional. That's different, though. <laughs> I mean, That's, like, I a think, natural disaster. Yeah. I mean... I guess it's not, like, as dire as a war mm-hmm. and, like, as a terrorist attack i mean we've experienced mass shootings i mean school shootings but not not firsthand like i feel like like, i feel like at least for me i like kind of like distanced myself from like school shootings in a way where i don't even really think about really think about that yeah which i guess when you think about you know it's a problem too i mean that that stuff's pretty scary too like we um when i went to when i started working at my current job like we went through an active shooter training Mm mm-hmm at my work and it was like like that was the first time i'd done that and like it was like i actually got scared because it was like this is so much more real than i imagined it and like there's people who have actually done this like there was a famous school shooting at ut yeah yeah 
Um, it was like one of the first ones. Yeah, that was bad. That was like pretty notable and too. Like they showed us one at like Virginia Tech, where they had um, like this guy like walks into this hallway and there's like classrooms and like in each of the cl- they had like this diagram where they had like the classrooms and each person in the classroom was like like a dot. Like if they were green, that meant they survived, and if they were red, that meant like the shooter killed them. And so it's like you just see like all these people that are like red dots on this diagram that the shooter killed, and it's like they just walked into a, like a hallway full of college classes. Mm. It's crazy that like that stuff happens. Do you think that you're s- scared enough of the like the world we live in? Like not even just like just like the city that you live in or the whenever you go to college or like whenever you visit somewhere because the reason why I ask is because I feel like because I've never experienced like something like that or like some something terrible like that or something scary like I've never been like in a situation where there's like gunfire happening or anything like that so like I tend to be like really not fearful of anything Mm -hmm. like i'd be um walking around like new york or whatever like the wee hours of the night or just like whenever or like in a sketchy part of new york or even just like a sketchy part of like houston i was like i just wouldn't be scared just because like why i I have no reason in my life to be scared of anything do you think do you do you relate to that in any way do you think do you ever feel like you're not scared enough because you haven't gone through anything like that? Um, or is it naive to think that like the world is like perfect and I shouldn't be scared of anything? Or is it I think that's is like, it too pessimistic of me to like be scared of the world or like I think like naive is the right word. Like I I think that the people like all of us and the people we like grew up around Because here the the reason why I asked this was, okay, when I did a road trip to New York City with Luke Bowers, um, I was, I was, I told my mom, like, yeah, we're gonna do this road trip, and, like, I don't know, on the way, we'll just, like, stop in, like, Atlanta, and we'll just, like, stop in a pit stop, and we'll just, like, sleep there for the night, and she, like, was not accepting of that, mm-hmm. and, and I, in my head, I was like, what's the big, it's just, like, it's, we're just in our cars, at a pit stop, we're just gonna sleep there the night, what's the big deal, like, both aren't safe, like, oh, they're just so dangerous, like, oh, you gotta get a hotel or something in my head I'm like that's crazy like why would I waste money on a hotel when I could just sleep in my car and be perfectly fine am I too naive to think that you know yeah I mean you know I what I'm trying to say yeah like I know what you're trying to say but so I'm not I'm not really sure like how it applies to that specific situation like if I were you I probably would have slept in my car too yeah um are we, so are we stupid I mean is it just because we haven't seen it in our life so to I think be fearful of that I think the, the problem that we have is that like we I guess this isn't this isn't a problem, but like we all we all had like pretty charmed have all had pretty charmed existences so yeah, far. Like yeah, for we sure. lived in like we lived in a nice neighborhood, went to a nice school, like for we're, sure. we're going to college. For sure. And so I think that if you don't if you don't like tell yourself this and make yourself aware of it, you don't realize that like the world is shitty mm-hmm. for like most of the people that live there. Yeah. Um and so like you like at a certain that I think that was another thing that like really pushed me into adulthood was like coming to grips with like that realization and like learning learning about it and like what like what what is my place in the world like now that I have this information you know um and I think 
like, I think it's naive, like, and that's another thing, like, I think it's naive that we don't understand, like, what, like, how other people, like, the people that we don't see, like, how they live, you know? Like, yeah. we, we tend to only focus on, like, the people immediately oh, around us. Oh, for sure, for sure. And we compare ourselves to the people we are around, not to, like, yeah. and other you, people. And you only, or you only compare yourself to people who you think are doing better than you. Like, yeah. you, don't, you don't care about all the people who, like, are doing worse than you, because, like, why, like, why would you think about them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the attitude that we have, and I think it's, I think it's not good. Okay, but my, my original question is, do you think that, I don't know, me or you just, so, I guess our generation, or, like, just not even our generation just i guess just me personally do you think i was too naive in like seeing not, not in that instance but i think like i think like it sounds like you you still like you have a decent awareness of the fact that like there's there's bad stuff out there but in that particular instance it's like just sleeping in your car you know mm-hmm. what, do, what do you think adam oh, I, would I you say you have a pessimistic view or like a fear not not even a pessimistic just a fear of because i definitely know people who are like scared of like mm-hmm. some places i wouldn't um, i wouldn't say pessimistic is the right word i'd say a fear maybe like an oversensitivity to like maybe danger yeah um yeah i mean i've interacted with people that will say like when they come across like a quiet person they'll say oh that guy's really squishy or like you know <laughs> okay, that's a stuff joke. like that well no like sometimes you think they're not it. joking yeah he's like no that guy's that guy really like, dang but i mean gee i would never think of that yeah i wouldn't i would never look at someone and think like that guy's a school shooter i would never like but, take that seriously but there's people out there who are so but then again, because I dif- distance myself from those things, like I would never think of that in like my everyday life. Mm-hmm. Is that is that bad? I mean, I feel like am I taking am I, I, I not I taking think, it I seriously think, enough? I think you can't live your life being scared of yeah. everything bad that's out there because you would be scared all the time. As like at a certain point, you have to like just hope that like the statistics are going to be in your favor and like live your life the way you want to live it. Yeah, I mean, as long as you're cognitively aware of it like you understand that there are certain things out there that are dangerous yeah but i mean you know stuff like school shootings or regular shootings or terrorist attacks or whatever happen in regular ass places that you can't really necessarily prepare yourself for and being like scared in those situations can really help because there's not much you can I think there's like a rational amount of <coughs> keeping yourself safe that you can you can engage in, but like there's no point in being scared about everything that's out there because you can't can't do anything about most of it. And honestly, like 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 being scared of a terror attack, like what, yeah, like what are you gonna do? Like what, what control do you have over that? And and like the fact and like specifically in that instance, that's exactly what they want. Like they want you to be scared that, that a terror attack is gonna hit. Like ter- hit him, hit him with that reverse psychology. Terrorist ar- attacks aren't even structured to kill the most people possible. They're they're yeah, they're just structured like instill to instill fear. the most fear. That's true. I mean, and honestly, like we're talking from like a male perspective of the world. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, that, like women and females, they, like in general, like they. Most most girls I know at UT don't feel comfortable walking around at night. That's, yeah. That's definitely true. Yeah. And yeah, so. And it's it's yeah. crazy. It, it it sucks that it has to be that way for them. Like that's never 
I've literally never thought about that in my life. Like, me, yeah, me it's neither. It's dark outside, I shouldn't go out. Like, that's never, that, that thought has yeah. never crossed my mind. <laughs> yeah, me too. Even just, like, when, like, in the daylight, like, I've heard girls complain, like, oh, shit, that guy's been staring at me for the past couple of days. Like, what do I do? Like, I don't want to yeah. you know, walk alone anymore. He might. Yeah, that would me. never cross our minds. Yeah, it's just, like, square It's, like, a totally, yeah, square. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the male, uh... Yeah, the male experience is totally different from the female experience in that aspect of like fear of like the world we live in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was okay. So w- again, when I was with the Houston Dynamo, one of the the group I was a part of, um, there's this one girl who just graduated out of out of SFA a year ago, and we were walking back to our offices from BBVA Stadium. And so this is downtown, and there were, I don't know if you've noticed, but there are a lot of cops downtown. Yeah. Like, the, the police presence there is insane. And I brought it up to her, just, like, trying to make some small talk, you know? Like, whoa, like, there's a lot of cops down here. Like, like in my head, I'm like, man, I don't want to get, like, a ticket for, like, speeding, or, like, I don't want to get, like, a parking ticket. And, 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 but in her head, I'm like, yeah, like, I'm, so I'm, like, kind of like, oh, the dang cops, I don't want to get no ticket. Uh, I wish they weren't here. But in her head, she was like, yeah, like, I'm glad they're here. Like, I feel safe, like, walking, like, to the office. And I'm like, oh, I, I never thought of it like that. But, yeah, I guess so, you know. But it's just, like, I mean, that's just one example of, like, how different, like, the male and female experiences. Um, I don't know, like, I guess, like, society definitely puts a big emphasis on, I don't know. I feel like almost all, like, girls like think that way and especially like i don't know like at gas stations or something yeah. like they definitely don't feel comfortable like at night like every girl i talk to at lsu practically has like pepper spray, pepper spray and like a taser see like i would never like think of having pepper spray or taser on on my person <laughs> i mean I, I it's just sad that it has to be yeah. that way you have to go yeah i got a car all right it was a good conversation though yeah, it's been real yeah, we have to do this again sometime because I think we were definitely going somewhere with that. Next time we're in town. Next time, yeah, it should be fun. Go off the rails though. It's gonna go off the rails next time. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs>